We're so glad you're here today because this is going to be a special day for Community Life Church. We have a uh, baby dedication today. Yes. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. We're so glad that you're here, family and friends. It's it's an exciting time. Ow. I believe Jesus is my healer. Mm Mm-hmm. We're so glad you're here because this is really an awesome time. It's a a great time to experience the presence of God and and walking in His ways as a family. So uh, we're so glad because in all truth, children are a gift of the family or from God. A gift from God. Yes. In Psalm 139, I just want to read this to you. Uh, It says, For you form me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Mm. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Yes. Yeah, amen. Uh, that's Psalm 139. It's, it's something to have underlined in your Bible, because it's not just talking about your children, but it's talking about you yourself also. <laughs> amen? Yeah, it's amen. good stuff. It's amen. really good stuff. I want to take a, a moment to explain the significance of uh, child dedication and why we do it here at Community Life Church. It's, it's a ceremony where Christian parents and even families uh, are dedicating, that are making a commitment before God that they will uh, submit their child to the will of God and to teach him the ways of God and the word of God. And when uh, we read the Bible, we, we discover that parents are always dedicating their children to the Lord. It's found in the Old Testament. It's found in the New Testament. It's, that's where its ancient roots come from, is the Scriptures. And we see that uh, during that time that uh, the Israelites would be bringing their children to uh, the priest at the time, whatever it was, and they would receive a blessing. And we see that Hannah uh, dedicated Samuel to uh, Eli, to to God through Eli, uh, and brought him there. And we we see also that uh, Joseph and Mary brought uh, the baby Jesus to uh, Jerusalem to be uh, blessed and to have circumcision on their eighth day. Uh, It's important for us to understand that there is no infant water baptism found in Scripture. It's not there. Uh, But there are, over and over, we see the dedication of the child, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's also a time where parents, excuse me, make their own declaration. They, they, They make a commitment before God to pass on their faith to their child, to their children. Uh... It's the example that through their lifestyle and through how they deal with diversity and trouble, and even in good times, that they exhibit faith in Christ. And so that that child will grow up and seeing that, you know, my parents didn't really get rattled over this because they trusted God. God really did come through for them. And so we have today, uh, uh, Justin and Rachel, as Christian parents, today they're dedicating Mila Rose 
And so we get to be a part of this ceremony. They're acknowledging the lordship of Jesus Christ in their own home. They want it to be real in their home. They want it to be not just real, but they want to experience the presence of the spirit of the living God in their home. And as their daughter grows up, they recognize and they direct her to this is what the spirit of God is saying. So that they really are, uh, it's actually a ministry. Parents, yeah. you have a ministry to your children. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it, it's really important. Yeah. Your child becomes your first disciple. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes, and you know, the consistency of your life, your Christian walk is not just inside the house, it's outside the house. It's not just Sunday morning, it's your entire life. It's just the song we sing, we surrender all. We, we are surrendering everything to the Lord. And, you know, we, your declaration is that you're going to protect her. You're going to keep her safe. That you're going to teach her. You're going to nourish her. You're going to help her grow in the things of God. And this is important because we need wisdom to be able to do that. And especially now during the times that we live in. It's important because children are being bombarded from an early age. We have an enemy, and he is trying to distract them from the truth. Amen. Amen. So true. Yeah, and so it's it, and it really is. It's a twenty-four-seven responsibility. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> I think they've already discovered yeah, well, that by now. Yeah. <laughs> One day home, and you realize my life has changed forever. <laughs> yes. One day home. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but th- th- she sees the example of your love toward Christ, and it will be as she grows a natural thing for her because the, she's seen faithfulness on your part faithfulness on God's part she's seen answers to prayers that you prayed in front of her so that she would recognize I I can trust God yeah, yeah. and so that it would be a natural thing for her to give her life to Christ yeah, right. yes. so children are we do believe gifts from God yes God gives us life he gives us our children and we don't really own our children According to scripture, we're to be good stewards of the gift we've been given. That's really so important. Mila belongs to God. He, you are the stewards of her life. Uh, and it takes wisdom, and it takes love, and it takes patience. Any parent in here would say, yep. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. How much? A lot. <laughs> More and, than you actually think yeah, you have. <laughs> but God, your heavenly Father, is there for you. That's what we want to remind you this morning, that he's always there for you. Amen. It's just a matter of asking, seeking, knocking for his wisdom, his patience, his understanding, because his desire is for you to raise her in a godly way, and yes. he'll give you the wisdom if we just ask him to do that, because uh, he, he wants to be Lord over your home. And I would encourage you in a private prayer of your own, in your own time to pray, Jesus, be the Lord over this home. And guide, guide us, protect us, help us. This is, look, listen to this wisdom in Deuteronomy 6. Uh, wonderful, powerful mm-hmm. parenting wisdom. Verse 5 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And never forget these commands that I'm giving you today. Verse 7, teach them to your children. Repeat them again and again. Talk of them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are rising up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your foreheads as a reminder. Write them on the doorposts Mm. of your houses and on your gates. So God is giving us some great 
powerful wisdom here by first of all saying, put me first, make God first place in your home, love him with all of your heart. And then the wisdom that we need that comes from his word is going to be relevant to everyday life. Look at how, what he says there. Repeat it. Talk to them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're lying down. Wherever you're going, mm -hmm. God's word has wisdom to apply for everyday life. So we want to help our children in what they're seeing, what they're hearing, what they're learning, to put it in perspective to what God says in his word. Yes. We really do want to give our children a biblical worldview. Especially Can I hear an amen to that? <laughs> in the day yeah. and time that we live in. And so uh, this is going to help them. The whole point is to help root them in the love of God and root them in the wisdom of God who will guide them and unfold their, his purpose for her life. Amen. And, and this is really important for us to understand that uh, this is not a, the day of salvation. This is not the day of salvation for her. It, it's, salvation comes when an individual comes to the recognition that they have sinned against the Holy God and that they, they are in need of a Savior. And that's when that person makes that decision it could, because salvation is a free gift. It, it's just that you have to receive it. And we receive it by recognizing that our, our, our spiritual condition is fallen and that we need a Savior. And Jesus Christ is that Savior. This is really important for us to understand. And it, this dedication also is not salvation, but it's not water baptism either. Because water baptism, according to Scripture, happens after you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then you make the decision to be publicly water baptized. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she recognizes her spiritual yeah. condition. <laughs> or can say Jesus. <laughs> or declare <laughs> with her mouth, believe in her heart and declare with her mouth, Jesus is my Lord. Yes, you know, water baptism as a child, I was water baptized as a child, but that didn't hurt me. But once I recognized what Scripture declares, I wanted to follow Scripture, and then I was water baptized and, Public, and publicly, and we believe by full immersion. Full immersion. Yeah. And if you don't have that amount of water, then yeah. make do with what you got. <laughs> and, and we do this publicly uh, amongst the church because... You know, the church is a community of believers, yes. and doing this as a community of believers, witnessing the dedication, witnessing what we're doing here, the ceremony, you also have a responsibility as a church to model the love of God in front of families, especially families that have yeah. children, to support them, encourage them in, in the journey of raising godly children. So it, this is... Uh, we do this in the context of a community of church, yeah. which is powerful. Community of believers, that's for yeah. sure. And because as children are back in mile one, uh, you know, they're very observant. And so they'll watch your life and we'll see how you react. And, you know, we've got to keep ourselves in the spirit so that they will recognize that, you know, it seems like nothing really rattles the people of God. And so that's really important. So if uh, Justin and Rachel, you you come on up. It's Justin and Rachel Mueller here. And bring Mila, yes. Mila Rose. Oh, look at that sweetheart. Was she sleeping? Look, she's like, oh, look at those little eyes closing. 
my gosh, I'd love to. <laughs> I'd hold her, but I don't want to wake her up too yeah. much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, beautiful baby. Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Oh. There, Hi, sweetheart. Yeah. Hi. How are you doing, huh, Pumpkin? It's a special yeah. day for you. Oh, my huh? goodness gracious. The child dedication is really uh, about the parents making a vow uh, before God and asking his help to fulfill that promise or that, uh, that dedication that they, they've stood before God and said, we're going to do this. But we understand that we don't work out our salvation in our own strength. That's why we rely on Christ on everything. We ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. We ask him to guide us. And so this is how we live our lives. So radically different from the world. <laughs> okay. But uh, you want to raise your child. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> She's listening now. Look at that face. Well, bright-eyed, sweet. You try to do this. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you're beautiful. We want to ask you some uh, questions, and with your response, you just verbally say yes with the help of God. And uh, we want to make this, do you affirm your own faith in Jesus Christ as, uh, and rededicate your life to live for him? We do. Yes. Do you believe that your child is a gift from God? And that she's been born uh, to experience God's love and to serve him. We do. Do you dedicate your child to the Lord who gave her to you? We do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> do you pledge as Christian parents that you'll bring up your child in a Christian home, looking to God for wisdom, strength, and guidance as you raise your child? We do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Her eyes are so big. <laughs> Do you promise to model a Christian life so that your child may be led by your example? Do you ask God's blessing upon the life of your child to guide, to guard, to protect them through all their years? Do you, Do you, promise, no, go oh, ahead. you promise to pray regularly mm. for Mila, realizing that it's only with God's hand upon her life? Yeah that she can be truly blessed. Do you pledge to raise her to know Jesus Christ through your own example? We invite the congregation to stretch forth your hands, please. Add your faith to this. Because we're going to pray uh, a prayer over her. We're going to lay hands upon her and pray. Hi, sweetheart. <laughs> Oh, as a community of believers, we... We, we dedicate Mila yes. Rose Muller to you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that your word says that she was fearfully and wonderfully made. You saw her being formed in her mother's womb. And your word says that all the days of her life have been written in your book. Father God, we pray for an obedient heart in her. Yes. That she would desire to follow you and walk out that plan and purpose that you've designed for her life from the foundation of the world. And that she would discover that her life is meant to be loved by you and walk alongside of you, that you would cause her to live a long life and be satisfied. 
We call her set apart. Yes. We say that she at one day will naturally understand the need for our Savior, Jesus yes. Christ. We declare that no weapon formed against her will prosper. That's right. We say that she will dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. Yes. And under the shelter of your wings, Father God, she'll live all the days of her yes, life. Father. I pray you give her a heart, Lord, of obedience, a desire to follow you, a love for your word. Lord, I pray you give her a voice in her generation yes. to speak for you, that your plan and purpose for her life would come to pass, Father. Give her wisdom to prosper in all of her ways according to your word. And we thank you, Father. We call her blessed yes. in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. I'm going to give you a little gift. There you go. Thank you. God bless you. Uh -huh. All right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'll hold her afterwards. Okay? Yes. <laughs> Boy, she did really good. She did. Yeah. She melted my heart. We'll move this up a little bit. Gosh. Her eyes are so big. <laughs> and alert. And alert, staring right at me. It's like, oh, you, you dumpling. <laughs> Praise God. Well, since it's Child Dedication Sunday, let me get a drink of water here. Yes. Uh, we decided to share some things around the importance of where your family's spiritual roots are planted. We talked to some about this last week to yeah. be the importance of being rooted in Christ, that our lives would be rooted in Christ. And so we titled this message, To Root Your Family Tree in Christ, how important this is that our family tree, our spiritual family tree, is rooted in the right place. And so let's, we'll just pray again, Father, before we begin to approach the Word of God. Father, help us this morning to understand the importance of this very thing where our family tree and our spiritual roots are planted because if the, if the roots are deeply planted in you, Lord, we needn't worry about the winds of change and the storms of life and adversity because we'll grow strong in you. And so teach us, Lord. I pray you lead us this morning that we would be planted firmly in your kingdom to do your will and to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So what's the uh, biggest tree you've ever seen? <laughs> Our son, Pastor Ben, and his wife, Amanda, were recently uh, visiting out in San Francisco. And they had a chance to go see the redwoods, the giant redwoods. Anybody, any of you ever gone out there to see those redwood trees? We used Fantastic, to live in Fantastic, magnificent, enormous trees. Uh, that's a cedar actually in Idaho, if you can believe it. That tree is a cedar tree. Um, it's supposedly over 3,000 years old. Right. It's hard to like wrap your mind around 3,000 years. That's before Christ. <laughs> that's, um, that's around the time of Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and actually, just they, they say that for every 10 feet, because these trees could grow 200 feet tall. Right. For every 10 feet that it's growing in branches and limbs and leaves, and uh, it, it needs 30 feet of roots spread underneath the ground. 
So for every 10 that we're seeing, you know, we, we sort of marvel at the outside and go, yeah. wow, like, <laughs> look at all this. But we can just imagine, yeah, what is underneath that. And I, I put another picture. Is there another picture there? Yeah. I mean, someone drew this drawing. I thought that was awesome. They called this the cedar, actually. So it was someone's. Because cedar trees, actually, their branches grow laterally. Right. They, they're tall, but the branches do grow out horizontally. But the roots are that deep. And, you know, again, we marvel at the beauty of the outside, which we should, but, but it's down deep in the roots. If mm -hmm. the roots aren't deep and drawing up the sustenance and the nourishment that it needs, it's, it's not going to grow tall. But when it is rooted in the right place, when it is drawing from the waters that it needs and the sustenance and the soil that it needs, uh, it can endure. These yes. th the 3,000 years, that's a lot of... That's a lot of seasons of change, a lot of storms and winds, gale force winds. They said some of those red ones on the Pacific coast withstand gale force winds and live a few thousand years. Yeah. So we want to talk today about the importance of rooting because we're all going to go through the storms of life and we do want our spiritual roots, especially our family tree roots to go down yeah. deep. We want our families to succeed and prosper, don't we? Yes. And we all have biological family tree roots. You didn't come here just alone. <laughs> Look at this family right here, right? I mean, we just see, we see Mila. That's the beginning of a new generation in the Mueller family. So you have now mom and dad, and you have grandparents, and you have maybe great-grandparents or aunts and uncles and cousins and yeah. the family tree continues to grow that way. And I'm sure there are going to be a lot of pictures. There's probably, <laughs> you know, these iPhones can hold <laughs> thousands of pictures. Sometimes I just, and, and people take like copies. You have one, one picture that has about 65 choices on which way, <laughs> which way you want the face to look. I mean, often I, I laugh because I think often a lot of these pictures never make it into an album. It used to be in our generation. Yeah. I mean, my mom passed away about a year and a half ago, and we, of course, were dealing with family picture albums. And family picture albums that I remember as a teenager putting together, pasting, you know, with the cellophane over the... The ring bound, and how many of you remember any of that? You're like, oh, I'm dating myself. <laughs> this side, this side, not so much on this side. <laughs> but the black and white photos, yep. Polaroids, some yep. of them faded, you know. And I, you just see past generations. It's good to look at your biological family tree. There's a lot of good times when you look at those pictures. You laugh, funny memories. You see funny hairdos. It's like, whoa. I hope they never bring that style back, you know, the, the, the teased up and the whole can of hairspray on it, and it looks like, or the funny glasses, like, that, those are coming back around. I notice now these big, thick, square glasses. I thought my uncle wore glasses like that, you know, back in the 50s. So you, you just see a lot of things when you look at your biological family roots. You could see similarities in even the way you look, body shapes often. It's like, yeah, I, that kind of goes... You know, our family, it runs in our family that yeah, way. Yeah. And you see sometimes weaknesses in the family tree. You remember people, you remember maybe difficulties they went through, things that you really want to avoid in the next generation. It's like, I don't really want this to be a part. You know, we hope this, the part of our family tree grows out of that. 
Yeah. But family trees, they do play an important part in Scripture. They absolutely. In Scripture, we see the long uh, genealogy of Jesus Christ in our uh, yeah. Our readings, uh, uh, chronological readings, we saw how in Luke chapter 3, all along the lines, and we see that the reason they do that is because they're protecting the bloodline. God has protected yeah, yeah. the bloodline. The bloodline is extremely important because we come back to the place where we see that in the Garden of Eden, uh, God warned and told the devil that uh, there's a Savior coming. And so to protect that, we go through Genesis chapter 8, but to protect all the, the purity of, of the race there for uh, the Jewish race where the Messiah would come, uh, God made sure that that happened. And so we see in Luke chapter 3, 77 generations. You know, with 77 generations, and it starts off with Joseph, the supposed uh, father of Jesus, and then it goes on, and it goes on, and 77 generations, son of, son of, son of, son of, son of, son of, and then it goes all the way back to the garden, Adam, son of God, small s. Because Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, big S. <laughs> so Adam and Eve were created to be image bearers of God. They, they were the fountainhead of all mankind. And the, all of creation was actually created for the purpose of Adam and Eve and for you and I. Because God wanted a family. And so he wanted a family that could, uh, he could love. He wanted a family that could be with him and have fellowship with him uh, forever. But we all know what happened in the, the garden. And so yeah. God was <laughs> making plans right then and there to make it happen again. And we see that God's desire for a family, this is, this is who you are. You're an image bearer of God. Male and female. You're an image bearer of God. This is who you are. You're not going to try to be that. God created you that way. You're an image bearer of God himself. In Genesis chapter 1, we see that very truth. In 27 and 28, it says this. God, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So Adam and Eve uh, were the original spiritual parents of all mankind, of the human race, and meant to multiply and have dominion over the earth. Like you said, mm -hmm. but we know what happened. You know, they, they believe the serpent's lie and gave away their God-given dominion over the earth to the devil. And yes. when they did this sin, the sin, it threw the entire race of humanity into a sinful condition. God called it, he said, in the day that you eat of that tree, you'll die. But really, 
There's two deaths. There's a physical death and then there's spiritual death. Correct. Spiritual death means I'm separated from God's life forever. And there's only two places in eternity. Spiritual life or spiritual death. Spiritual death is where we equate hell and condemnation. Yes. And uh, a lack of a savior. Uh, yeah, for all eternity. And so Romans 5 says that it was through one man's trespass that death reigned. And so from then on, through Adam's trespass, death reigned. And we were all in Adam. Yes. We were all in Adam before Christ. Our spiritual family tree was rooted in him, in them, in Adam and Eve. And so Adam and Eve's sin nature, when they disobeyed God, fell into sin, were banished from heaven in a fallen state. That sin nature is now passed on to every person born into the earth. Everybody. There was, there's, there was no changing it. This is why you, don't, you won't have to teach Mila <laughs> to get upset and cry and scream. I know she doesn't do any of that just yet. But <laughs> and say, mine, mine, and no, and no, and... <laughs> <laughs> mine and maybe throw a tantrum <laughs> i mean any parent in here will say okay i know how we know how sweet and beautiful babies can be and they are but at some point they all reach like the terrible twos and some will say well my baby didn't do that at two well just wait till three wait till they're you know, it's like <laughs> wait till they're a teenager when they like, know everything yeah, that's right yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you know, selfishness and wanting our way, which is all part of the human nature that comes uh -huh. with Adam, just comes naturally. We're born with it. We have to teach love and forgiveness. Yes. And love and kindness have to be taught. They have to be practiced. And that's what's coming from God. Yeah, we have to teach sharing. <laughs> but in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had, there were two trees that were highlighted there. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and being tempted by the serpent which is the devil to disobey God's command really don't eat of that tree uh, they they did they they Eve was deceived Adam was not Adam knew what he was doing he just went ahead and did it and at, like Pastor Mamie said right then spiritual death entered into the human race and when we look around the world, when we read the newspaper or we watch the news itself, we, you look around, you see all the pain and the suffering. You look at all the wickedness. You look at the greed. You look at the destruction that continues to unfold. And it seems like it's multiplying and is happening quicker and quicker. All of that is a result of the tree of the good, of the knowledge of good and evil. Eating from it. Feeding from it. And yeah. people now, right now, right now in our time are still feeding from that tree yeah. Yeah. they're feeding from that tree and that's why it's important for us to understand that where your spiritual roots are is, is vital it is. it's it's vital it, and people feed on that tree in a variety of ways uh, by what you see what you watch what you read what you hear what you're seeing take place, what you're listening to. I mean, some I, I could be driving down on Main Street and then somebody pulls up next to me and I listen to their radio and I can't believe that they have words like that. I mean, it's, it's just flat-out filth. And 
that's being put into that person. That's a person who's feeding on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. And it's going to produce fruit. It will yeah. absolutely produce food. It's going to cause you to think a certain way. Yeah. And when you start to think a certain way, you're going to start to believe a certain way. And when you believe a certain way, then you're going to act a certain way. Yeah. And when you start to act a certain way, then you're going to bear fruit of yeah. whatever tree you're partaking of. Yeah. And the tree of... Who was behind the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... It's Satan himself, the serpent. Yeah. That the, he's he's. Jesus called him the a liar and the father of lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible declares he's the deceiver of all mankind. Yeah. And Jesus and John. If you want to get your theology right, look at John ten ten. That's all. It says Jesus says the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says I came to give life and give it more abundantly. Yeah, yeah. Right there is uh, your theological standard. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and when you think about all the stuff that you see, I mean, people just shake their head at all the, at the news. Yeah. We have to know that there's a spiritual war going on. This is all part of understanding why we're here in the bigger picture of life. So important mm-hmm. because the devil is at work. To steal, kill, and to destroy. And that's exactly what he's doing through the media and all these different ways that people can basically corrupt their mind. Yeah. And especially going after young people. I mean, he hates the traditional family unit. God, you know, when you think about the Garden of Eden, what was God doing? He was creating a family. And so he hates the family unit. And over the past 25 years, let's just say 25 years, We've seen the whole redefinition of yeah. marriage, what, what marriage is about. Family, the honor of fatherhood, the honor of motherhood, mm-hmm. as God designed it and as God intended it. You know, it's just becoming and has become almost completely corrupted mm-hmm. and distorted. Everything is getting redefined. Have you noticed? Yes. <laughs> I mean, so that people... The more you hear, the more you see. The more you hear, the more you see. And the, the people the, the, don't think that the devil, the Bible says that he schemes. He's a schemer. Yes. And so he knows what he's doing through the, to minds to infect people's minds. And so he wants people to become confused and more desensitized as we see right. more than we just go, I don't know. Well, maybe I thought that was wrong, but maybe it's right. And I thought that was right, but now well, maybe it's wrong to be that way. Have, have you noticed <laughs> that this is happening in our society, in our culture, in our schools? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we saw in Genesis 1 that God made them male and female. And, you know, the tree, the knowledge of good and evil is speaking a whole other language to people. Yes. That you can... There aren't, just, there, isn't, there aren't just two genders. I, I Googled this last night. You know, Google will tell you everything. <laughs> everything you want to know. How many genders are there? I, I was shocked. It said there are 76 genders. And it was serious. And it named the... I, I, I flipped on it. It was like, I couldn't... It had a name. There were an, yeah, and, of course, it had 76 pronouns to go with those 76 genders. Where are your roots? 
Where are your roots? I mean, we've, we're coming to a place where we've just lost all rationality. And really, without rationality, like in a society, it's, without like morality, history has shown that those, those societies eventually go down. Go down. Yeah. That civilization ends. ends. I, it's not too strong of a statement. I agree. I thought, am I going to say that as I wrote these notes down? I thought, but it's true. We're, we're living in some delusional times like the Bible does talk about. And it's tragic. Yes. And it's demonic is what it is, what's happening in 14 states. Now, the, the birth certificates now have male, female, and X on it. Because I wondered with you and, and uh, Rachel, Justin, I thought, I wonder what, the, I looked that up too, it's 14 states now. And the AMA, apparently, American Medical Association, agrees that gender is not biological, is what it was saying. It's not biological, it's internally decided. What's the Romans so, saying? Professing to be wise, they became fools? Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if the doctor said to you, would, it says, Mila's born, would you like me to mark this male, female, or X? Like, you want to go, well, what, what planet are we on? Like, what? It's irrational, isn't it? Yes. And yet in 14 states, it's legalized, and it's, it's handled as though, no, it's not. This is true. So we... What the, tree are you taking what part tree, of? What kind of society and fruit, that's right, will grow from this tree that's rooted in yeah. confusion and lies and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? So because if I can believe that I can choose my gender, which is what this is about, yes. the gender is an internal construct that I can choose depending on how I feel about myself. If I don't believe, I mean, this is why God's completely thrown out of the picture because God created male and female. So if I can choose my own gender, then I do become my own kind of God. I'm, I am myself, my God. I decide who I am. And, and the, my life is not given by God. Right. And I become the God of my own life. I mean, it's... Right. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But it's all lining up with Scripture. Every bit of it's lining up with Scripture. It's destroying. Yeah. It's destroying people's minds. It's destroying children's lives. And that's the plan, is to destroy yeah. generations to come. However many we have left before yeah. Jesus comes back. And we, we believe that America is under judgment now. It is not going to come under judgment. It is under judgment. Uh, Isaiah said that, uh, woe to those people who say uh, wrong is right, right is wrong, light is darkness, darkness is light, bitter is sweet, sweet is bitter. It's, and Romans chapter 1 says that as these people are persistent in what they want to do, that God gives them over to the, their own heart. God's a merciful God, yes. but his mercy runs out, folks. Uh, and he'll, he'll give people over to their own desires. Uh, and so what are we to do? What are we to do? We, see, we're, we're aliens. We're strangers. We're pilgrims on this earth. We're in the world. We're not of the world. You and I are citizens of heaven. Which means that we, we operate under different laws. 
we have different realities. And Jesus is going to bring that kingdom here. And so it's better that we know what that kingdom is going to be about than be surprised about it. And it's better to make sure you know you're going to be in that kingdom than think you're going to be in that kingdom. Because the Bible declares very clearly how to get saved. <laughs> so praise God. We partake of a different tree, don't yeah. we? The tree of life, where we find truth. We find truth, God's truth, which does not change. It's truth. We can find healing. We can find freedom. We can find this is all part of the tree of life. It's the good news is, is Jesus Christ. This is what we do. We plant our, our, our roots deep into the word of God. Yeah. Is what we do. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ. He's called the last Adam. The first Adam failed. The last Adam, Adam gave us life. Yeah, that's right. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, there, that first Adam, because of his, his sin, there was punishment. All sin is going to be punished, folks. All sin is going to be punished. But those who have surrendered to Jesus Christ and confessed their sins, he's faithful to forgive our sins. Yeah. And it, it goes on beyond that. It is that he restores us to righteousness. Yeah. The Bible declares that we are right now, as Christians, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're free from the penalty of sin and death. Amen? But the wages of sin is death. It's yeah. happening. Yeah. The wrath of God is coming on this world. Sin pays the wage, and it's death. And that's, there's, a, there's two deaths, a physical death and then a spiritual death. And then there's a second death. That means you're thrown into the lake of fire forever. You know, the only time you have an opportunity to change kingdoms is when you're breathing on this planet. And we don't want anybody, because God himself says, his desire is that all men repent, come to the knowledge of truth, right. and accept Christ. This, this is God's goal. Yeah. This, is, this is our right. responsibility. This is why the, the gospel calls it good news. You know, sometimes we equate good news with, well, just everything's going to go my way. It's oh. good news. I've, I've God's, I'm going to ask God into my life and everything's going to be great. And that's not, the good, that's not what the good news is about. And we all know that it does not happen. <laughs> I mean, God does want to prosper us. He Amen. absolutely does. But the point of the good news is to know that this larger picture of life, that what Jesus came to do, yes. that, what, that the human race... Nobody had a way back into God's original plan to live an eternal life. We were all doomed, basically. We yes. were all condemned under the weight of our sin. You could never do enough good works. Well, I'm going to be a good person. You hear that all the time. Do you think you'll go to heaven? How do you think you get there? Well, I think I've lived a pretty good life. That's <laughs> a pretty good life is not good enough. Heaven is perfect. It's pure. It's righteous. Yes. It's beautiful. It's all life. And so one sin will defile it. You were born a sinner. <laughs> yeah. You can't change that. Yeah. And only God can yeah. change that. And that's through Jesus yeah. Christ. It's sinless. Heaven is a sinless place. Yes. The world to come is a sinless place. 
and no human could reach that standard. That's right, girl. And so we would live under the weight of our sin. This is why when Jesus said, you know, here's the good news, repent and believe the good news because I'm here to make a way back to life. This is what the good news is about. It's good news if you recognize we're in a dying world, actually. <laughs> this world is not my home. You know, and so it, it, the understanding, most people have heard John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to pay the penalty yeah. for your sin and for my sin. And the sin of the whole world. Yes. See, when I yes. look at these people caught up in this whole transgender confusion, I think there's life. You need to feed at the right tree. You need to understand what this bigger picture is about. Because the Bible says, so whoever would believe in him. Yes. Believing meaning, I need a savior. Believe meaning, I need a way back to eternal life. Would not perish then. That's what John 3.16 says. Whoever would believe in Jesus would not perish. And he meant condemned to hell for all eternity. Right. But you'll find eternal life. Hallelujah. So when you understand that bigger picture, that becomes really good news to you. It isn't about, well, if I believe in God, he's going to give me a big house and he's going to bless me financially Uh. and all these things that people have kind of equated it with material happiness in this world. We are going to live for all eternity. Your 70, 80, 90, 100 years on this earth is nothing compared to where we're going. Amen. Right? Amen. And Jesus said, this is John 14, 6, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, you know, the Father has made a way through his son Jesus for us to come back to him. Yes. To be joined back into the family of God experience purpose for why we're here now, Amen. experience his life. And so today, even though the culture may be feeding on death, you and I have a privilege. We, have, we can feed from a different tree. We can get our Bible and, and read the Bible, feed from the Bible, the tree of life. Col- Colossians 2.7 says this. This is awesome scripture. Let your roots grow down into him, into Jesus, into Christ. Draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. There. So how does your family tree become strong and vigorous? Well, it has to be taught the truth. Become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Come on. (laughs) Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth. And then the truth will set you free. So we have to open our heart to be teachable. And be diligent to pass this on to our children. This is so important. Yes, because the devil is after those children. We see how he's he's actually captured the uh, educational system. He's captured the, the doctors, the American Medical Association. He's so you know we've got to understand. We greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And the more you understand and the more you know that, the stronger you'll become. Yeah. The world says, and obviously the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, says that my experience is truth. My feelings are truth. And happiness becomes the total goal. Of all of it. 
truth becomes flexible because you know your emotions will be one day one way and one day another day. So now your truth now is now it moves over. That's not truth. That's, that's not it. But we have the opportunity to, to feed from the tree of life. And just like that scripture goes, our roots need to go down deep into Christ. Because the changing culture then won't sway us one way or the other. And no matter how much they bombard you, if your mind is renewed to the word of God, and you're practiced in being a doer of the word of God, you will be strong in the Lord, yeah. and the power of his might. But it takes effort to do that, doesn't it? This just isn't, I got Jesus, my Lord. Uh, uh, okay, now, Lord, just give me everything I need. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. I owe the dairy. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it takes effort. It takes effort. And it stands that this is why you need to go to a church. That's why you need, we need each other. Because I, like it says in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And Ben, you're not going to hear a message like this in the news. <laughs> in fact, you're going to really believe that politically, you know, the political system will solve everything. No, oh. um, we do. We, we believe in voting. We, we believe you should... Use your privilege to vote, absolutely, because the people that are making decisions in law and in government are going to affect our lives. And so we want to vote for b people who will stand for a certain measure of biblical values. Sometimes it's the better of two evils, even if you will. Right, but and what happens is the culture will tell you that, you know, love, they're redefining love. Love means that you accept everybody and anything. Now, love is being presented as a person. We used to call it pedophile. Now, they just say, I'm a minor attracted person. Yeah, this is, see, they're redefining words. I so know. it softens the blow. And what? You don't love me? No, I, I don't love I, I love you. Listen, you have an opportunity to, to <laughs> escape hell. But what you're doing is absolutely wrong. And Jesus says it's better for you to have a millstone around your neck. That's the truth. That's the truth. But thrown into the sea. Finish that. And thrown into the sea. Then to corrupt but the, one of these little ones. Yeah. Then to corrupt one of these little ones. But the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is so powerful. The most vile person that you know and who have ever walked this earth, the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse them from all sin and cause them to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, amen. Yes. There's nobody too lost that doesn't have, unless they've seared their conscience to a place where it doesn't matter to them at all. And there are people like that there are people like that. There's a class of people like that. But that's not us. Amen? Amen. This is how we're going to get our roots yeah. down. Yeah. Psalm let's chapter to, 1. Yes, let's go to Psalm 1. Psalm chapter 1. Look what it says here. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the sea of scoffers, seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season. 
And its leaf does not wither. And all he does, he prospers. See, your family, my family can be rooted in, into the word of God. Yeah. And we will be able to bring forth fruit in due season. Yes. We'll be able to stand the tests of time. Right. You know, but it takes one and two, verse one and two to do that. Yeah. It, it just doesn't happen. Anybody find that out? It just doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. You know, because took- God gave Adam a job before he got married. Okay, so now God is expecting us to put a little effort in so that we can, right, step into it. Not just receive the blessings, but also as a child of God, which he wants to pour on us. But God is wanting us to take the responsibilities as a child of God. Right, and and make his word the standard, which is getting harder and harder to do. In the day and time that we live, I mean, just turn on anything in social media. Turn on your internet. Turn on mm-hmm. cable TV, video games, the music, TikTok. I mean, there's so much of this very thing that it's mentioning. Wicked counsel, standing in the seat of sinners, scoffing at the word of God. Yes, yes. I mean, just the other day, my, our daughter-in-law, uh, Amanda, mentioned a Netflix miniseries. She said this was supposed to be something. And parents, you have to be so on guard for this child-friendly. So she and Haley, who's eight years old, sat down to watch it, and she said it was one episode, the first episode they ever saw, and eventually the kids in the episode were sitting around in a circle, let's get in a circle, and they began to have a genuine kind of seance, what they would call a seance, and then they depicted a demonic spirit coming into the, into the scene and disrupting everything, and she said, Haley, and I both looked at each other, she said, Haley looked at me and just said, we don't want to watch this. And I thought, and she, eight and years old. was so happy. She's like, yes. Eight, eight years you old. Know, because we have to get these, this, this spiritual discernment down inside of our children. Yes. And they, to, so they can make a decision and go, no, this is morally not right. Amen. Our children can understand this. Your child yes. is, I mean, listen, the devil is starting at a young age to infect their mind. Why don't we as parents start at that same young age, right? Because we are in a spiritual war. That's right. We, parents, you've got to be careful. You've got to be diligent more so than ever. Our country used to be and have Christian values. But not, no, not anymore. Long yeah. gone is that. Yeah. Long gone is that. Our children have to understand the epic time that we live in. They have to understand, and you have to understand, that we are in a spiritual battle as soon as you open your eyes and as soon as you close them. Yeah. And the devil is got one, it's nothing personal, he just hates you. <laughs> he hates you. He, he wants hates, to destroy you. He hates Why? Jesus and so. <laughs> because you're made in the image and likeness of God and he is not. Yeah. You know why? Because mankind was offered forgiveness and he was not. That's right. He wants to destroy you. Yeah. He wants to destroy you. So that our children, if when they begin to understand that God has a plan for their life. Yeah, before the from foundation. From the foundation of the world. This is what scripture says in the New Testament. From the foundation of the world, he chose you to be adopted into his family. In love, he chose you. In love. It wasn't like, oh, these terrible sinners. Okay, no. <laughs> he wanted us back. Yeah. In love, he chose us. And our children, you want to explain these things to your child. Like you said, epic. 
There is a large epic story to yes. going on in the scenes of everyday life behind it. There's this large story. And you want your children to understand for such a time as this you've been born. God knew when you would be put in the earth. He put gifts and callings on the inside of you to serve him. I mean, the Bible has answers to life's questions that science and no school is going to answer for your child. Where did I come from? <laughs> Why am I here? Where am I going? Like some of these basic questions of life, the Bible, it's awesome, has the answer. Yes. Yeah. And we could teach this to our children so that they could feel the security of knowing I am rooted and I have eternal value in God's eyes. I'm not some accident that just happened. Yeah, right. I'm not confused about who I am. I mean, the God, the maker of heaven and earth, of, of all the universe, the galaxies that we could even possibly understand, as beautiful and as some of all of this is and magnificent, his, his greatest creation was you. That's right. His eye is on you. That's right. That his plan and purpose would come to pass for you. That's awesome. Everything else is created for you and me. And these are truths. I think of these poor suffering, gender-confused children, teenagers, this is the truth they need to understand, that God's love That's was right. there for them. And God's love can help heal them, heal these broken parts in our soul yes. that is coming. Like you said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God did not do that. We have an enemy, and we have to learn to stand with the strength of God, rooted in Christ against the enemy in love. So God so loved the world, we said this yes. already, John, will close here, 316. We want to remember, again, I think most of us have heard this scripture over and over again. I want you to think about what it really means. For God so loved the world, that means so he loved you, because sometimes the world becomes just volumes of people, but for God so loved you, you were in the world, that he gave his only begotten son. Yes. You so know. that whoever would believe in him, would not perish but find eternal life. It says that Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world. That's right. Yes, we look at the Bible and we learn right from wrong, but it's not for the sake of condemning. He came to save the world. It said he did not come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. Sweet. That's why the Father sent Jesus. Because the weight of sin was on this world. The weight of sin was not possible to be moved by human effort that's why he sent his son he sent his son for one purpose to save the world and he did it out of love so we could be forgiven so we could be cleansed from sin made righteous given new life because of his resurrection new life new yes purpose and meaning that god had for your life from the foundation of the world i think that's one of the most awesome truths a person could discover and that God would say come come follow me and I'll show you what that's all about but that takes faith but that takes a step of faith to yes believe. Jesus said I'm the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father but mine by me you can't make up your own stuff God has laid it out very clearly yeah. and there's no way back to the tree of life Jesus said I'm the way back yes so we have to Surrender our life to him. Surrender our life to the message of the gospel in order to find life. 
So how can a person be saved? Yeah, how can a person be saved? The Bible declares in Acts chapter 2, it says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Does that mean just, hey, Jesus? No, we said it earlier. You got to recognize your sinful condition. You got to recognize how desperate you really are. You got to come to the truth that I have no possible way out of this. Right. And if you die today, you have to ask yourself, am I right with God? Am I right with Him? Do I know Him? Do I walk in His ways? Do I walk in His ways? Because Jesus can free you from the sin that so easily entangles you. And sin causes us to be dirty, filthy in the spirit. And it causes us shame. And I think sometimes this is why we resist coming to the Lord. We resist coming to the light because we feel like maybe God's going to condemn me. But we have to know the truth. Mm -hmm. Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. And so we invite you this morning. If there's anybody in here this morning that I feel like, you feel like, I don't, I don't know where I'd go if I died. And this is the other, this is the other truth that Jesus said. There is eternal life and eternal death. And he came to give us life. And so if you're here this morning and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I know I went to church most of my life, and I don't know that I really quite understood the gospel. Right. But I, I hope that we explained the gospel the best we could to you this morning. Is there anybody here who wants to surrender? I, you have a desire to surrender your life to Jesus this morning. If you do, then you could you just, just simply raise, your, raise hand. your hand. It's just simply, an, you're talking to the Lord. It's like, that's me. You don't want to pass up an opportunity. You are not guaranteed the number of your days. And so is there anybody in here that wants to give their life to Christ this morning? It's a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer. Anybody? Okay. All right, Jason. Jason. Or should we say the prayer? Maybe we'll pray the prayer. Well, prayers. let's pray the prayer. Let's, pray the let's, is, let's everybody say this prayer. Because, let's help the people yeah, from on, yeah. online here. Because the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And so it's a simple prayer of surrender of Jesus. Yes. You know, I give my life to you. I'm asking you to come and be Lord of my life. I'm acknowledging you as Savior. Yes. Forgive me of my sin. Give me the new life that you've promised. Teach me now. Help me to live for you forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.